Kia ora and welcome. This is the New Zealand Wine Podcast and I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us for part three on the Burgundy region in France. And the reason we're talking about France on the New Zealand Wine Podcast is because of the indisputable significance of that country in wine, uh, wine making and wine production and its history. And also we were keen to provide a 101 basic introduction to French wine uh, because we understand that it can be quite an intimidating and somewhat complex topic uh, looking at regions and varietals so so we hope that this will open up French wine to you and make it accessible certainly if you're just starting out on your journey and your understanding of the country and the regions. So concluding Burgundy this part three I have with me again today Jean-Christophe Poisard, an importer and distributor of French wine here in New Zealand. And Mark today, who you will hear, has a very complimentary understanding and insight into French wine. So let's go have a chat with Jean-Christophe and Mark. Uh, so here we are. So um, welcome, gentlemen. Nice to have you along again. Thank you. And uh, so this is the last segment on Burgundy. So what will we be finishing on, Jean-Christophe? Mm, and not the least, may I say, because, um, you know, we were talking the last couple of sessions about the pricing of uh, of Burgundy wines just reaching, you know, absolutely unbelievable uh, levels. And I think these two regions that we're going to talk tonight, um, I think are probably um, where one should look for um, the bargains because it is Burgundy. Um, it might not be as sophisticated as up north, as the, as the Côte d'Or, but um, the two regions, uh, namely uh, called um, Côte Chalonnaise and uh, Maconnais, are different, 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 definitely today, the regions where you one can find good, very good Burgundy wines for less money than uh, than up north. So, um, if we, um, if we, so, sorry, t- so we have, yep. have we pretty much just tracked north to south? Yes, very much so. Because okay. if you remember, we started with Chablis, and mm-hmm. we did uh, we did the Côte d'Or, which made up of Côte de Nuit and Côte de Beaune, and then now, as you leave the Côte de Beaune uh, and very touching the Côte de Beaune, uh, you're arriving in this tiny little uh, town called Chagny. It's 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 a nice enough town. Uh, what's very famous is uh, there's a three star Michelin there, um, La Meloise. Um So it's more famous than than maybe another w- town mm. simply because he's got a three star Michelin and, uh, and La Meloise is a, is a top top three star yeah, restaurant. restaurant. Mm. So this is where the um, this is where the um, the Cote um, Chalonnaise starts and. Um, and it's about um, two and a half thousand hectares of vines. Um, it's maybe a little bit wider than uh, than the Côte d'Or. You know, you're looking probably about seven k's uh, kind of thing. So a little bit wider. The, the hills are not uh, not as high, not as uh, as steep. It's more rolling um, rolling hills and. Um, and um, with five um, very important villages, uh, five crus, if you want to call it that way, in fact. Um, uh, the smallest one would be Bouzeron, and Bouzeron is a, it's a tiny little appellation which just south of, uh, of this town of, uh, of Chagny. And Bouzeron is very famous for Aligoté. Don't know, you never know, huh? You don't know what uh, it is. Uh, no, no. enlighten me. <laughs> well, Aligoté is a, is a, is a white, white grape, okay? Is, um, it's, it's grown normally where Chardonnay can't grow, mainly due to the altitude. 
And Bouzeron is exactly that. It's very tiny. It's only 60 hectares, I think, of vines planted there. So it's, it's minuscule, really. Um, and it's entirely uh, planted with, um, with aligoté grape. And, uh, and because we're high in altitude, Chardonnay would not ripe. Uh, the soil is very similar to what you will get in, uh, in the Côte de Beaune. So we're not very far away from, uh, you know, the big villages like puligny montrachet and Meursault and chassagne montrachet you know. Um, but um, but far, it's just too high. Oh, just, I mean, Chani to Bouzeron is maybe five kilometers and, uh, and uh, further north than that, you, you will have uh, puligny montrachet is maybe 10 Ks, you right. know, 15 okay. Ks maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's even 15 Ks. So we're very, very close, mm -hmm. very, very close. But it's just higher, a little bit too high for Chardonnay, so they planted Aligoté. So uh, this is a very, very clean, very precise um, uh, in the best, in the best, um, aligoté can have a little bit of fatness in the middle palette, but mainly, uh, it's a very lean and, and sometimes mean grape, uh, grape wines. And, uh, um, but it's getting, it's getting good price at the moment, you know? Aligoté. Mm. Yeah. It's getting good price. I mean, uh, you can find some very good producer who makes aligoté like Chardonnay and blind. It'd be very hard to, um, to uh, pick some of them. So are they, get, are they getting similar sort of uh, treatment in the cellar in terms of oak aging, that kind of stuff, leaf yeah. stirring? Yeah. you got to be very careful because uh, it's a very good point. Uh, because it's a, um, it's a much leaner grape, so right. you can't play too much with it because it will be tented. Yes. Uh, too much by wood or, or by extra uh, batonage or yes. that kind of thing. So, so you got to be very careful. But in, in the hands of, uh, of very good producers, um, mm. uh, they, are, they, they can be quite interesting, man. So, Bouzeron is, uh, is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a um, confidential kind of, uh, of production anyway with 60 hectares. But the other, the other crew are much more famous. Uh, one is, uh, the second one would be um, Rully. Uh, Rulli is, uh, is a magnificent, uh, there's a little bit of Pinot planted, but they're, they're, they're famous for their white uh, Chardonnay, uh, which will, uh, we can come back a little bit on it. Uh, then uh, Givry, uh, Givry, which is a little bit more famous for, um, for his red. And that's all due to the soul, but we'll see that in a minute. And uh, Saint-Romain, uh, which is the, um, which is the, um, the fifth one. Is that right? Did I say Fefe? Did I say five? We got uh, Bouzeron, Rully, um, Givry. Oh, sorry, I forgot one. Mercure. Mm. Uh, Mercure. Of course. Yeah. Mercure, which is more famous for his, uh, it'll be more for his red, really. There's very little white planted. So, so it's quite a confined area, two and a half thousand hectares. Um, uh, again, very, uh, the style of wine is very similar to the Côte de Beaune, really. Uh, they might not get uh, to the, to the complexity maybe of a, of a Meursault or, or a, a puligny montrachet But uh, uh, because the soil is just a little bit deeper, we, we're going a little bit further south, so a little bit more, maybe a little bit more of a climatic um, difference. Uh, but there's certainly wines which are, are worth searching for uh, just for their price. Yes. And um, actually, I was just reading uh, Matt Kramer's latest article in the Wine Spectator. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how wines today, every wine today being made 
is different is being made differently than they were 50 60 years ago because mm-hmm. of technology mm-hmm. because of um uh education yep. um and i wonder i, I put this to you jean christophe these 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 wonderful wines um in in, in the chardonnay uh the, these wines do you think they're becoming so great and such great value because the care that's being um put on them mm. versus uh, maybe three or four decades ago oh yes everything has you know everything has gone up really yeah. let's face it i mean you're looking at a burgundy from the Côte d'Or 70 or 80 or 100 years ago mm. uh, they were certainly not the quality of what we're having today so so because every everything is moving up then this tiny this little regions there um uh, then you can get really really good uh, value for money uh, wine so um if one want to try uh, a really blanc uh, which is made of course of chardonnay because we're still in burgundy yeah? um the soil is is very similar to uh, to the Côte de Beaune, maybe a little bit deeper uh not maybe not as high in altitude so a little bit richer a little bit more f- bit more flesh on the bone a little bit more baby fat on the side um so that, that's one good thing one good one to try uh if you want to try a good red uh then we'll have to go for um givry uh, Givry is a, a wonderful uh, little village. Uh, there's a little bit of white produced there, but it's mainly um, for red, and the, the soil is better suited uh, for red, and 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 a lot of uh, a lot of elegance. Very pure fruit, very cherry-like fruit, so very uh, very natural fruit. Um, not so much the earthiness that you get in uh, in the uh, in the Côte de Nuit for example even in the Côte de Beaune but uh, you know the, the other side of the spectrum would be Côte de Nuit uh, but more more a cleaner kind of uh, of fruit so um givry would be a very good uh, good starting point if you like you want a little bit more structured uh, a little bit rounder a little bit fatter then you'll go for mercure Again, very, very little white produced there. There are some, but very, very little. And the, the, the Pinot is there of Mercure uh, as, uh, as this kind of a rusticity a little bit about it. The, the soil is, uh, is a lot of uh, stones in it. It's still clay and limestone, of course, but not so much limestone. Uh, um, uh, more uh, deeper, richer clay and, and, uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting. And then, and then for the, um, for the novelty, um, try an algoti, mm. uh, from, um, from, um, from this tiny little, um, appellation there. Um, so, yeah, overall, um, wonderful, wonderful region and, and very similar to the Côte de Bois. Mm. Very similar. And in fact, when you drive from uh, north to south, you see there's a little bit of a break in the topography. You see that things are changing a little bit. Uh, may, I, may I dare say that the villages are maybe not as pretty as uh, as in the Côte, de, Côte, Côte d'Or, Côte de Nuit and Côte de Beaune. Uh, so there's a, there's a bit of a change, um, but, uh, but, you know, still, it's, it's, uh, it's a very good uh, little region. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's a smaller region, harder to find wines from there, even though there might be... Yeah, so um, it's about the same size as a... As a um, as a, um, a, a Côte de Beaune, for example, which is oh, about okay. between two and a half and three thousand hectares of vines, okay. um, but they are 
they're they're not big names, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not um, they're not a household names, so they're less imported. I think in a, in a country like New Zealand, I think yeah. certainly um, alagotes you don't see them that often. No, no. Um, I no. just like to say on that topic that um, alagotes, as they've gotten better, and I think also probably global warming's helping mm-hmm. in terms of ripeness. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing you're seeing um, modern techniques come to these things. Um, they've become a bit of a darling of um, sommeliers mm. um, ar- around the world. Um, a little bit like, I think we were talking about this um, a few weeks ago, about Beaujolais, how um, the sommeliers love Beaujolais because it's just it's just a gr- perfect restaurant wine. Yes. And a lot of them are going with these elegotes as well because they're quite interesting. And because of their higher acid nature, they're just slightly more refreshing to the palate. When eating, when drinking with food, right? yeah, it's all right. Mm. Yeah, mm. Mm. they are to be the darlings of a, of a sommelier. Though. In fact, in fact, that's their job as well. I suppose a sommelier's is exactly to find right. these little treasures and and not to have to pay too much money. Because when when you buy a burgundy, once the, the restaurant uh, put this margin on it, yeah. it's just the market is very limited, really. Mm. Out of control. It's out of well, control. It's not very accessible for most diners. Not not in a restaurant situation. Mm. So the sommeliers got to adapt to that, and and that's the reason why they get uh, they get uh, some wonderful um, wine yeah. from uh, from lesser uh, region. Mm. Well, that's right. And especially you know in the context of a, for instance, a tasting menu. You know, mm. a chance to try an alagote with um, what have you. You know, whatever whatever the the chef is putting out. Could be quite good. Mm, I yeah. think gone are the bad old days where Alagote was only good for Kier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that's well gone. You're right. Yeah, you're right. This wonderful um, cocktail that that uh, uh, uh. we used to, um, you know, black currant liqueur, creme de cassis, which Dijon being the capital of it, uh, with this Alagote because it was just perfect. This lean, mean yeah. character of Alagote were just helping the. Um, the sweetness, I suppose, of a yeah. uh, of a blackcurrant liqueur. So treated with a bit more respect now. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. And I tell you, this region as a whole has has picked up uh, dramatically. And uh, and you know, past these hills. So we, like I said, you know, we we, we it's a continuation of a of a Côte d'Or. And past the hills, which we don't get in a, in the Côte d'Or, is um, the land is is used for uh, for um, the famous cattle of. Um, of um, you know the um, I just swallow the name now, um, uh, you know the famous white cattle which makes beautiful meat, oh, Charolais, the Charolais. For I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, Charolais. So so just past the past the hills is a, is a kind of a plateau, and this plateau is very famous for beef mm, um, growing. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so that's that's where we get um, some of our best meats there. Mm. Not as good as Angus, maybe, but uh, very good, nevertheless. So that's uh, that's the region. So try try them, I think. Uh, try them. They're a good option. They're good alternative to the more expensive stuff. Right. So pr- probably a good entry point. Good entry point. Mm. Good entry point for Chardonnay, for white, and Pinot Noir for um, for um, mm. for red. Okay. Mm. And um, heading further south. And then further south. Well, that's probably. Um, Probably one of my favorite um, one region to visit, um, simply because uh, we are very, very close. So we're very close to Macon. Uh, on the other side of Macon is the Bresse, and the Bresse is very famous for its um, its blue feet chickens and uh, the poulet Bresse. And this is probably one of the best regions to visit to eat 
to stay the nights because there's a hell of a lot of uh, little um, auberge where you can stay the night and you can restore yourself and uh, and the wines are very good too. so it's a much bigger area than uh, than the um, the Cochelonais. Uh we are very much uh, uh, Maconnais which is probably just short of 6,000 hectares of vines uh, it's a very very different aspect um, to the Côte de Beaune and to the um, uh, the um, Côte Chalonnaise. Um when the Alps uh, came out of the ground it, it kind of broken up um, the topography of uh, of Maconnais and the Maconnais looks more like um, little coils of a, of a chain you know like a chain and, uh, and it's not compact like the rest of Burgundy we saw Chablis very compact, Côte d'Or, Côte de, you know, Côte, Côte um, uh, Chalonnais. Here the Maconnais is quite, um, uh, it's still, it's still um, rolling hills, but uh, um, what you do get uh, amongst these rolling hills, you get uh, uh, some dramatic um, uh, limestone outcrop, and then you will have nothing. And then suddenly you will have a little hill. So it's, it's very broken up. Um, it's, um, it's a region where uh, the influence of the south is also a little bit more obvious. Um, uh, we have planted mainly Chardonnay there. Uh, there's very little red. Uh, there's practically no Pinot. If there's a little bit of red, it'd be Gamay. And, and let's face it, we, we're touching Beaujolais for the south here, yeah, okay. So, so there is a little bit of a break between uh, the Maconnais and um, and the and the Chalonnais, the Côte Chalonnais, and um, the soil um, is uh, very different as well. Uh, it's let be um, more on the clay. It's um, unless you go towards the top of the hills where you're going to have a lot of limestone, and uh, and uh, the wines. Um, um, a little bit more famous than in the Côte uh, Chalonnaise, um, because here you get uh, a name like uh, Pouifuissé. I mean, you know, it's a pretty big name, Pouifuissé. Mm. You know, I don't know why Pouifuissé would be more famous than uh, than Rulli or than Givry, but but it is. You know, uh, Macon. It's a, it's a very vast uh, area as well. Uh, you know, Macon on his own is probably about two and a half thousand hectares so it's a it's a vast area and then there's saint Véran and it's six of them exactly you know um uh, so saint Véran, puy vinzel which is the smallest one with about 55 hectares of vine so mainly white grape variety uh, white wine sorry with chardonnay we still stay on the chardonnay the soil a little bit um deeper a little bit rounder Unless you go into the into the like I say into the hills and and to um, it's it's most beautiful part as well because you and Mark you might have travelled through there um, uh, you got the uh, the famous roche uh, de Solutré or the roche de Vergisson there are two limestone outcrop out, limestone outcrop yes mm-hmm. who came out of a of of its ground when the Alps you know, came out and uh, and they're quite dramatic, absolutely dramatic. And uh, and you got all these tiny little villages around this this rush, around this this peak of limestone. And uh, and uh, and the vineyards uh, um, 
tucked away in, in little um, valleys uh, and and down and up and, and on the side. While, you know, Chalonnet and, and Côte de Beaune is, is one block, you know, it's it's the hill, it's the slopes. Mm. Here you get the slope, but you get also all these little corners, you know, and and, and you got a little village uh, around there as well with like the garden in the front. So it's it's quite attractive and, and the wines are really worth uh, looking at. Mm. Yeah. You probably had some good um, in Mac- your Macans, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. fabulous. I mm. I just also like to say that um, uh, Macan, because land prices aren't as exorbitant as some of as the Premier and Grand Cru up in the Cote d'Or, you, you start seeing um, some really big name producers, and mm. I'm thinking immediately of La Femme, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 possibly the great producer of Merceau, has a Macan that they make, which yes. is fabulous. I don't know if it's brought in here. Do you? No, I'm not too sure if uh, if a Macon is actually. Uh, oh, you no, I think I've I think it, you might find I've, it. You I've might it find was, it. I've had it in America. He's got Milly Lamartine, I think. Uh, but um, that yeah, I mean, wonderful. So it shows it shows the potential. If there's yeah. these big names from the Côte d'Or coming down to purchase, it means that there's a potential potential there. Yes. That's and right. the, and again the quality like anywhere else it's just gone psh. fabulous so it's a, it's a really really um, a, a region really to um, to look for um, to try and and but mainly Chardonnay huh? yes and also completely competitive with um, like priced Chardonnays from this country that's right. Right. Um, yep. So this is this, you know this is the level we're talking about in terms of cost. Um, I mean the style is very different, but they're incredibly classy. The best of them mm. are really mm. classy, and they're absolutely competitive with um, New Zealand Chardonnay. Mm. Probably cheaper than a lot of them actually. Mm. Yep, to, to for the fair. top, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, and 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 it's just not that. It's not just that. I think it's also the um, the the potential of the of the, of the tourism. In uh, in uh, in the southern part of Burgundy, and like Beaujolais, because because Beaujolais looks very similar to uh, to the Maconnais, um, in the in the way of where the the, the, the hills are are, are are structured, and uh, and you will have around the corner some more vineyards. It's exactly the same, really, uh, but it just uh, people tend to bypass it because they want to go to Beaune, yeah. you know, and or to Nuit Saint Georges. Honestly, I, I do highly recommend people to stop there. We're only few and you know a few kilometers out of Lyon. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's it's an hour drive at the most. Mm-hmm. It might be only forty five minutes drive north of Lyon, and you are in the most beautiful part of of Burgundy. Vineyards everywhere, villages a little bit rare, and and you pay a fraction of what you will pay in in Bono or New Saint George. So I do I do highly push uh, this region and like Beaujolais, in fact. I mean, I probably we were talking about that when we did visit uh, Beaujolais. But it's it's a great great region to visit, mm. 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 and uh, and and not so hard on your on your wallet. On the wallet, yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, you got the brace. Uh, brace chicken, brace chicken, not far away. Fabulous, where, yeah, which is a fabulous. You got to pay fifty dollars for it, but oh no, what am I saying? It's actually, yeah, I think it's fifty dollars. I think it's twenty it, today. I think for a good oh. one is twenty-five to thirty euros. Yeah, so it's fifty dollars. <laughs> the chicken for the chicken, mm. yes. not for the wine. <laughs> the chicken's no. more expensive. <laughs> the chicken is a bit more expensive <laughs> than the wine. I mean, yeah, right. brass chickens. They they they're their own appellation controller. That's right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's it's um it's an experience to uh, mm. to have them. 
Yeah, yeah. it's a real experience. Yeah. These again, birds it, have no idea. You've got no idea, Bruce. <laughs> <haven't you? laughs> no, it's a, it's a, yeah. Again, it's better to have it at home rather than in a restaurant because yeah. in a restaurant you can pay a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm. um, yeah. So that's uh, so that's this wonderful uh, region of um, of um, of uh, Maconay. Mm-hmm. And so is is that um, have we come to the end pretty much of of Burgundy? Is that the yeah Burgundy? It's um, it's pretty much uh, the end of it, and um, and um, yep, we might do. Um, how 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 far from the coast have we finished? Uh, we still, uh, like I say, we we um, we probably a hundred kilometers mm-hmm. um, north of uh, of uh, of Lyon. So you probably got another probably another two hundred fifty kilometers right. down the south. So, so you're well probably about three hundred fifty kilometers. Mm. But but you still get a little bit more of this um, of this. Don't know if you want to call it Mediterranean, but certainly a little bit more warmer climate. Right. So it tend to make wines a little bit the Chardonnay a little bit uh, a little bit rounder. Mm, it's just right. that a little much bit further south. Yeah, mm. but um, it's still you know it's still um, yeah it's still and, uh, well, yeah it's further south. It, further then south than than the than oh south. yeah we 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 so well enough south. to notice. Yeah, mm. very much uh, mm. very much so and. Mm. Uh, and that's that's made up Burgundy, so it's quite it's quite complex, really, if you look at it. But if you remember this this region that we've been through, I think it gives you a little bit of an indication of, a, of where the the tail and and where the head is. Mm. The head is definitely Chablis, and the tail would be, um, you know, Maconnais, Beaujolais, really. And it's pretty much running north to south oh very much so yeah uh, nearly in a straight line so it's quite have we, uh, why is it have we followed a, a valley a river oh it's uh, it's all due about these little hills you know that uh, that um we um we we've been following really mm-hmm. um which is uh, um was made up you know so like something a, like, like a fault line within it's it's a fault line, line because yeah. burgundy what we got to remember burgundy was like a a warm water lagoon Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why it was um, uh, 185 million years ago. Okay, so uh, and and of these warm waters, and obviously the um, the algae, do you call it algae? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. algae and and the, the shells and constituted the the, the, the soil of uh, of Burgundy, and that, and then eventually um, uh, the water when 30 million years ago when the Alps came out and the water disappeared and and left that thing. So, um, so it's like a um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's like a the, the line of a of a bassin, uh, what we call bassin, which is uh, which is a, um, a basin, a basin. It's a basin, isn't it? Yeah, it's a basin because uh, it's like a basin. Yeah, mm. and uh, and this uh, this um, yeah, this this is what Burgundy is all about, mm-hmm. you know. And then while well, you get on the hills, and that's that's you know that's. Um, that's that's where it was the side of it, right? The size mm. of the, the side of the basin. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then a, a little bit further south, then you got the Massif Central, which is slightly different, which is where we are more in the Beaujolais, which is uh, which is more in the centre of France. But uh, Burgundy is that. Mm. Mm. And and so is is there is there much of, of a gap between 
where you would say Burgundy finishes in the next region starts? Or there's a there's a significant break. There yeah. is. Okay. There's a significant break uh, on either north or south. Really, I mean north north of uh, of of Burgundy, then you will have to travel or well, past Chablis, you will have to travel to uh, Champagne. Mm-hmm. But there's right. there's a there's a break mm, between yeah. there, mm. uh, a significant break. I wouldn't know how many kilometers, but we're talking maybe, mind you, if you include the Côte des Bars, which you should, um, Chablis, Côte des Bars, you're talking maybe 120K, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not that, maybe 110, 100 to 110K. Right. And then if you go back to the south, so um, if you leave Beaujolais, which is really the bottom of, uh, of Burgundy, then you got um, you got a little break uh, before the largest, well, sorry, the, the third largest city of uh, of Lyon. Lyon. And then you got to go past Lyon and then you got another break. So then the next one down is, of course, the uh, Côte, Côte du Rhône Nord uh, with a little village of Ampuy where mm-hmm. Côte Rôti is made. Right. And that's about, it, what, 45 minutes south of... That's about yeah. 45 minutes yeah. from Lyon. Yeah. Yeah. And so just not good wine growing in those regions. Well, you got the big city from the start, right. and uh, and no, there's a, there's definitely a um, a break in the um, in the topography, mm. really. Mm. Um, yeah, no, you wouldn't you wouldn't. Um, I don't even know if there was any um, vines. Um, the, was the, tried. No, mm. uh, Vienne, Vienne is just a little bit further north than uh, Ampuy. Vienne was a uh, was an important uh, vineyard during Roman times. Um, but further north than that, no. It was always this break always existed, mm. and then you pass Lyon, and then you go back to the um, Beaujolais region, mm. and then uh, and then of course you got the uh, the wonderful uh, monks of Cluny, uh, which is in the Maconnais, uh, this amazing um, HQ of uh, of Benedictine monks. Okay. Uh, yeah, Cluny is a wonderful little village. That's where the um, all the all the monks, mm. um, yeah, um, they founded uh, they founded their order. I think in nine nine hundred nine. I think to be an ex nine hundred nine, mm. and and thanks to this amazing um, uh, monks, this is the guys who really built uh, the, the vineyards of uh, of the Maconnais. Right. And to some extent, a little bit to the um, Chalonnais, and of course, a little bit later on, the um, uh, the Côte d'Or, some part of a of a Côte d'Or, and they were they were so wealthy, you know. This I'm I'm completely fascinated by these guys. Really, mm. they were so intelligent, and they were so intelligent to pass on their knowledge. I think, right? You know, yeah. And uh, and that's the reason why they became so um, so uh, famous and so. Um, envious, no, no, envious, envied, envied, sorry, envied. And in fact, um, it is uh, close to 100 years after that that the, the other, um, the competing uh, order started, which is the, they were the uh, Cistercian monks. Uh, nearly, nearly, uh, uh, nearly month to month, uh, one hundred years. Because they thought, "Wow, look at them! How you know how rich they are!" And and that's when they started this second uh, order, mm. um, who became also very, very wealthy and very uh, in, in the same region. They Burgundy, yeah. very much so, but a little bit further north, right. uh, just slightly um, east of uh, of the Côte de Nuit. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, well, um, we're um, we're very grateful for the work they put in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's I mean, it's amazing, really. And the it's amazing. And I don't think their wines was. And to come back to what you were saying, the wines were no way as good as they are today. No, no. absolutely no way. Well, I mean, no. wines. They, the concept of aging wines was anathema to them. I mean, they, they, they everything was an oak. So right. you know, you, yeah. you, you wanted to drink that barrel as, as quickly as you could. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it would oxidize. Right. Yes, that's right. Right, and they didn't have much clue about oxidation, really. I don't think. They, I guess they probably just drank it. I mean, because well, wine, yeah. wine just wants to turn into vinegar. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So yeah, the wines would have been pretty much like that vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the end, by the end yeah. of the barrel, yeah, you'd be drinking vinegar basically. Oh yes. Yeah, but they they probably had ways of uh, yeah. of not you know maybe using it for vin- I, who yes. knows. But yeah. I'm just quite fascinated by yeah, yeah, I'm fascinated by this kind of uh, people because they've done so much yeah. um, for uh, for our French viticulture that yeah. uh, we really got to to thank them for that. That's right, I, and on so many levels, also not only defining what grapes were best in what areas, but also. Mm sort of mapping out the entire oh. wine country, um, which is, you know, I, I think one of the first things I said was that that the, the whole idea of the Appalachian or the idea of the grape speaking of the earth more than it does of the grape itself um, is, is just the most incredible marketing idea mm. for a wine-producing country. Yeah. Because anyone can make Pinot Noir, mm. but, you know, can anyone make Gevry Champatin? No. Yeah. No. They, they, you, you're so right. They, they might... You know, they did the map, and that was in the 11th, 12th century. I mean, it's pretty amazing, really. Mm. It's pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, it's extraordinary. So that's what Burgundy is all about, really. Fantastic. Thanks to the monks. Well, that's a a good note to finish on, I think, gentlemen. So thank you once again. My pleasure. Thank you. uh, For that's the uh, end of uh, Burgundy, and then we look forward to um, journeying to the next region shortly. Mm. Great. Okay. Cheers. See you later. So that concludes our look at the Burgundy region of France. If you want to find out more, just check us out online, the New Zealand Wine Podcast, uh, and you can check out some of the other uh, great podcasts that we've had with the winemakers and people involved in the wine industry in New Zealand, as well as some of the other series on France. Thanks for listening in. Hey, Konomai. Bye for now.